Welcome to Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, where every week we watch and discuss episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm your host, Abby, joined by my co-hosts, Jen, Nicole, and Steph. Today we're discussing Book 1, Episode 15, Bato of the Water Tribe. In this episode, Katara and Sokka reunite with Bato, their old friend from the Southern Water Tribe. After reminiscing about the past, Bato suggests they find their father, which causes Aang to fear that his friends may leave him. Later on, Aang intercepts a message from their father and keeps it hidden within his pockets. He then comes clean about the message, upsetting Katara and Sokka. Meanwhile, Zuko hires a bounty hunter named June to help him track down the Avatar, using Katara's necklace as a tracer. After defeating Zuko, Aang reclaims Katara's necklace and returns it to her. Katara and Sokka decide they cannot leave Aang as he is a part of their family too. So I was equal parts irritated at Aang, but I can't even blame him for that, you know? Like, I feel like I would feel the same way. Like, these are my friends. Yeah. I'm feeling left out. I want people to notice me. <laughs> <laughs> my roommate and sister were also in the room watching with me, and they were, like, yelling at Aang. They're like, Aang, you're so stupid. You're so annoying. Like, why aren't you Aww. mature? Like, you had 100 years to mature. I was like, he wasn't an iceberg for 100 years. Like, he's had, like, no life experience to learn. Yeah. He's still mentally 12. <laughs> he was in stasis. Come on. <laughs> That's why, like, you know, I looked online to see people's reactions. And people were like, oh, they all act so ridiculously. Like, they're overreacting. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like. They're kids. All kids take, you know, go a little too far. Yeah. I agree with Abby. We're like, as an adult, you're like, Aang, you're fucking up. But you also understand why he feels the way he does. Like, he thinks he's going to get abandoned. And that's, like, yeah. his whole thing is that he's alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor baby. I felt like after the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. after the storm, and even the blue spirit, you know, when he goes to such lengths for his friends, which I mean, obviously, it wasn't supposed to be a wild goose chase the way it was. But I kind of felt like his reaction was more understandable. And I felt like Katara and Sokka's reaction was a little bit like harsh, for even for them, even like knowing the circumstances, because I feel like they should have understood where Aang was mm. coming from more. Mm-hmm. for them to just be like we're leaving and I was like whoa that was like kind of yeah. harsh I guess it was like the knee-jerk reaction yeah for sure where you're just like you know we haven't seen our dad yeah and we've had this like disconnect from our family and now we have this chance to see him and you didn't even give us like they weren't planning on going yeah. to their dad yeah so it's kind of like he didn't even give them the chance to make the decision yeah, he, like, left the room before mm-hmm. he could hear them say that they yeah. were going to stick with Aang. Yeah, so I was like, I get it. I do think they overreacted, but, like, you know, yeah. they're 14 and 15. And yeah. then they're mature enough to realize, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. we should go back. They really wanted to see their dad. I felt like they were like, we're yeah. making the mature decision to not do the thing that we really, really want to do. And then when they get angry, of course, they're like, I can't believe I gave up this thing that I really wanted for you when you're just going to be an asshole. You know what? I'm going to go do the thing that I want. And then they still, yeah, like you said, about 10 minutes later, they were like, oh, that was mean. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, this was definitely one of those episodes where I had to keep catching adult Jen. And again, I feel like I was a lot more sympathetic to Aang this time around, and I was like more harsh towards Katara and Sokka. And again, now, like you guys were saying, I had to tone it down to be like, they're also just kids. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, they haven't seen their dad in two years. They haven't seen their tribe, you know, even now, this is their, the first time mm-hmm. they've ever left home, and it's been for this like really extended period. Mm-hmm. I was getting annoyed at Aang for how like needy yeah. and like mopey he was being in the 
Bato's room. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to understand that they're excited to have this home cooking and like this feeling and reconnecting with somebody. And like, just because they reconnected with him didn't immediately mean that they were going to leave him. But of course, that's like where his brain went right away. So he immediately yeah. started distancing himself from them. It was really sad that like mm-hmm. that was his, yeah. in, his like immediate reaction was to withdraw. I think I'd feel the same way. It's like he couldn't relate at all. Like, he was touching things that he didn't know that he shouldn't touch. He didn't like the food that yeah. was being given to him. Like, he has no context of, like, the stories that Katara and Sokka were really excited to hear about, especially about their dad. So just kind of, like, sitting there third wheeling. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's like when you get invited to a friend's party, and it's like you don't know any of their other friends. It's my nightmare. <laughs> you only know the one person, and then they abandon you, and you're I shouldn't like, have come here. <laughs> now what? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. This was a huge mistake. Yes! <laughs> this was a mistake. Uh, I feel like Bato was pretty cool with it, though. You know, I, I'm sure he was just as excited to see others from his tribe, because we don't know how long yeah. the rest of the warriors have been gone. Um, that must have been a really nice reunion. And the flashbacks, too, of Sokka yeah. saying bye to his dad, like baby Sokka. He wasn't even that much younger. It was two years, but I thought he was really cute. With the face paint. Yeah. yeah. But still, baby Sokka. His voice was so much higher. Sokka is almost like a, a sophomore in high yeah. school. So then it'd be like little like seventh or eighth grade <laughs> Sokka. Like <laughs> just had a growth spurt in those two years, which like totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 He was so little. I know. So the little, tears. So cute. Oh my God. Yeah. So cute. When he cried, I was like, no, my yeah. baby. I was also thinking like baby Sokka was around the age that Aang is now. Yeah. Right? He's 15. Oh, and then the ceremony was like when you're 14. Got it, got it, got it. And that makes sense. Like, even though Aang is still very immature in a lot of ways, it makes sense that Aang also looks and feels older than Sokka was then. Again, he still was a master airbender. There was still a lot of discipline and structure in his life than there had been in Sokka's mm-hmm. life. Not even as like, a jab at the water tribe yeah. or anything. Sokka had some like crazy deduction skills at the beginning of the episode. He's like, he looked at the tree and then he outlined the entire battle. He's like, well, the water tribe attacked the Fire Nation and they ran down this hill. You know that just from this, like, one scratch on the tree? That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, kind of don't believe it. <laughs> He's a smart no. boy. I wrote that down, too, though. I was like, how do you know all of this, Master Tracker Sokka? Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. battle, fine. How do you know the water tribe were the ones ambushing the Fire Nation? How do you... I was like... <laughs> But then he couldn't even see that boat <laughs> at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what happened next. Oh look, a huge boat. Oh I was gosh. also like trying to be not as mean. Hey, it was a ways down the beach. That was one of those moments where I had to kind of be like, Well, there's a lot of days that we don't see on the show portrayed, so like maybe he's like learning stuff. You know, like just trying to cut him some slack. Like, Saka yeah, we... spends all his time foraging for nuts. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> he he learned how to track by Amazing. following animal footprints, trying to get the meat that Aang yeah. won't eat. I also was wondering, like, how long <laughs> Bato had been there. Because he had, like, that whole setup. That was so, like, extravagant. <laughs> he had to have been there for a while. And then also, if you think about the extent of his burn... Like, how much he's bandaged up. He must have been hurt. So I do wonder that. Like, how long it's been that he's been separated. Yeah. Those are, you know, his chambers on his ship had all that stuff. But it was just, like, yeah, significant band-aids that it was, like, he just basically knew he was moving in. Yeah. Like, you're going to be here a while. Set up. Make yourself comfortable. Like, he had wall decorations. Like. He did. He did. Yeah. 
He had everything. He had like ceremonial yeah. headwear on his wall. <laughs> he was like, Ang, don't put that on. I feel bad. I did think it was funny that he had a tent inside the room. I thought it was funny that Ang was like, oh yeah, dead animals. Great. Lots of fun. But then yeah. he tried to put the hat on. I was like, Ang. He'll do anything for the attention. Like, shouldn't yeah. that gross you out? Yeah, that shows how desperate yes. Ang was. Good, good point. <laughs> And it also made me wonder, like, what do sea prunes taste like? Mm. Like, what is the equivalent? Oh, ew. that makes me think of, like, a sea cucumber, which sounds really gross. I know people eat them, but the texture, I imagine, like, is... Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of random vegetation-y kind mm. of stuff that comes from the ocean that's, like, disgusting. Though I don't... Th- I mean, a sea cucumber is not, like, a plant. Yeah, it's an animal. Yeah. So there's stuff that they're, like, it's misleading. Yes, that's The fair. name is misleading. <laughs> Growing up, it was like seaweed and sushi. Like all of that stuff sounded really gross. And that's something like, I love seaweed salad now. And like, obviously we all eat sushi and whatnot. And like, if you told me as a kid, I would mm-hmm. like fish eggs one day. Like, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but I guess that's just like what it is. Yeah. Oh, apparently it's a fruit, according to the Avatar mm. Wiki, the sea prune. Yeah. They had a recipe in the uh, the Avatar extras, but I think it was just like, it was like boiling water. You throw the prune in and then it's like with salt. And I'm like, that sounds fucking nasty. <laughs> Yeah. I would react the same way Aang reacted when he, like, intercepted the message, which was fucked up. Mm. But again, I understand why he did what he did at that point in his life. Yeah, no, for sure. Because that that kind of behavior usually makes me really annoyed. Like, I found as I've gotten older, I have less patience for conflicts in episodes of television and movies that could be resolved in two seconds with a conversation. Like, for me, it just feels lazy. But in Uh. this situation, like, I I don't feel that way about this. Because, like, that part of it is him working through his feelings of abandonment and found family and whatnot. But, like, this was one of those things where, like, adult me is just, like, Aang, you know, in a different universe, it's, like, Aang would get the message, he would go to them, he'd be, like, look, I understand that, like, you guys need to do this. If you really want to go see your dad, like, fine, but I would really appreciate it if you stuck with me. And I know that's asking a lot, but obviously, like, that's, like, not good television either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's true. Like, people reacting, like, in an understandable and rational manner does not make for good TV. (laughs) No, unfortunately. (laughs) Because I feel like I would react the same way. I think that I would have that that moral struggle, like, oh, I should say something, but you know, at my expense, Mm -hmm. like, if I'm gonna not benefit from it, then why would I do that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you could tell that he felt, like, really bad about it the whole time, because he was so twitchy. He knew. Yeah. And really obvious that he was hiding something. He's like, trust? I know about trust. They all knew something was up, but they were like, what is happening? And then the culmination into, like, the honorary tribe Mm. member. Yeah. I was like, damn, Mm -hmm. that is the breaking point, and I'm glad he said something. Yeah. I felt bad because now the nuns and Bato, mm-hmm. like their first impression of Aang was just like not great. No, <laughs> definitely not. They obviously have like no context. So I just like felt bad. So I was like, the nun was like, you mm-hmm. should go. And like, she meant to save yourself. But it was like, Aang was like, I'm sorry. Ugh. I was like, oh. <laughs> He's like, I know nobody wants me. I was like, oh, Aang. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate that he admitted it. No one found the map right. on him. Yeah. Because then that would be worse, I feel yeah. like, for him as a character. Yeah. But he actually owned up to his wrongdoing because he felt so guilty. Yeah. That's one of those situations, too, where, of course, like, he ended up causing the very thing he was the most afraid of happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's one of those things, too, where maybe just, like, it's older me. It's like, how did you not see that? Like, where did you expect this to go? 
Like, and yeah. again, as part right. of the problem, like, he didn't think about it. It was just, like, an impulsive moment where he just crumbled the note up and tucked it away and whatever. Yeah. And that the longer you sit on something, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those things that you just learn the hard way. Yeah. I think they did a good job demonstrating his mental struggle with that, too. I think yeah. that was a great way to portray it. Nicole, what were you saying? Uh, maybe this is giving a bit too much credit or something, but I remember thinking when he crumpled it up, I was like, well... I'm glad that he just sort of crumpled it up and stuck it in his pocket. Yeah. Because that signifies that he doesn't intend to keep it from them forever. It's still around. As opposed to like, you know, he could have just thrown it in the ocean right behind him. But he didn't do that. He didn't just completely destroy it. He was just sort of putting it off. Because that's what Aang does. He runs away from his problems. Oh my god, no. Because that was something too. To Stephanie's point, like it was very good on him as a person to come forward with it. But it was also the cynical part of me was like, if he really wanted to, he could have just, I'm going to go take a walk in the forest and then comes back and is like, oh, I ran into somebody and they gave me this note and like, no trouble, scot free. It's like, you lied in the Great Divide, Aang. You can lie again. (laughs) (laughs) No, he had to come clean. The nuns hated him because he was a liar. He just... And a literer. And a literer. The greatest crime. The greatest crime. I feel like this was a good balance, too, of funny elements and then the serious elements. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some cameos. Fortune Teller appeared. The... Mm. I don't even know what it's called. Like, the, the medicine woman. I the herbalist. Know. Yeah, the herbalist. Yeah. As a random note, when they went and they saw the herbalist and Miyuki, I was like, why are they stopping here at first? Because I was like, first of all, this is the same time that Zuko last saw Aang. But then I was like, they're tracking Katara's necklace. Did they go to the herbalist again after the frogs for like a follow-up? Maybe? She looked like she was, what is the word? Foraging for stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's around the area where Sokka and Katara were like asleep. That seems like like more of a stretch than them going to her for a (laughs) follow-up. Also, I liked how she was like, Miyuki, are you in trouble with the Fire Nation again? And I was like, what? What did this cat (laughs) do? I think there's a whole, like, fandom thing where they're like, Miyuki scourge of the Fire Nation. (laughs) What did she do? I mean, it would make sense that after they got better, they would detour, or not even detour, I don't know, but they would visit her, because it's also, like, a human that, like, has food and supplies and isn't an immediate threat to their safety. That's a good call-up, though. I didn't think about it. Yeah. I guess I just, like, hand-waved it. I was like, ah. There was also, like, a man-coughing moment. (laughs) I was very excited about that. Yes! I thought about you. I was like, oh, Abby's going to laugh. And I did. And I wrote it down. (laughs) What was it? The joke was, uh, like, the perfumes that the nuns make. Sokka wanted to rub it all over Appa because Appa stinks. Get it? And I was like, that's not a joke! Yeah, and then Bob immediately like, oh, yes. you have your father's I think yes. what really made that joke was just no. the long pauses in between. Yes, the long pauses. So He's like, maybe we could rub someone up because he stinks. Do you get it? But I'm sure. I love, too, that... They didn't have Appa, like, the, they didn't have him react or move at all, and that also just made it funny. It's like, you know Appa knows what's going on, and Appa's like, nope. Not even worth my energy. No. Too good. There were a lot of other humorous bits in, like, the B-plot as well with Zuko. Mm-hmm. So I guess we can talk about that a little bit and, mm. and meeting yeah. June. Yeah, she's so June. badass. I was like, I love yeah, you. Yeah, she's so cool. She is. And she's so funny and sassy, too. I love her so much. 
she's what I thought I would be as like a an older adult woman. Like she's like cool and collected. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I am none of those things. <laughs> the only thing she did this whole episode that I did not approve of was that she whipped Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, <laughs> fuck you. But also you're cool, but like fuck you. I that was like a shocking moment for me too. Like Appa and the Shershu butted heads and then Appa obviously like won that battle and then she flipped over him and then at the last minute she like whipped him in the back and it, like, I remember just being like oh, like that bitch like yeah like what do you think he could even do with that like he's his fur must be so thick first of all also Appa yeah. himself is just a thick boy she gotta do what she gotta do though yeah. she's gonna be paid in Uncle Iroh's weight in gold so I will fucking do what I gotta do she yeah, knows her worth too she did that negotiation that was yeah, oh, yes. yeah. textbook example perfect negotiation <laughs> take notes future ceos every single thing about her she just does not give a fuck she like destroyed zuko's <laughs> boat and was like too fucking bad like, literally <laughs> why should i care <laughs> yeah yeah she's like oh no i'm sorry i'm a little short on cash at the moment drinks no, on I me was everybody like, oh, i so love that moment so much i was like this is like the equivalent of the visibly texting i don't have a phone meme like <laughs> that's literally what it was yeah <laughs> she's just like sorry i don't got no money <laughs> she's an aspirational she really character even when she was arm wrestling ryu from street fighter in the bar it was so fucking weird okay that yeah. is so funny there was also a character from mortal Kombat in the background too and i was like wow these fucking nerds who made this show mm-hmm. yeah like also i was like is that ryu from street fighter <laughs> In that bar scene, there was, like, a funny line. It was Uncle Iroh. There were a few. There was a few. So, like, Zuko's, like, pushing his way. Like, you film. And then Uncle Iroh's like, he doesn't mean that. I'm certain you bathe regularly. I was like, what? I missed that. You need to rewatch it. I rewound it to make sure I wrote it down. That's honestly... I know. I'm going to just mention it again later. Mine is my favorite from this episode. (laughs) It's when Zuko's like, step aside, Phil. I like on... um, and June is like, oh, hello, angry boy and Uncle Lazy. I was like, this is so perfect. I like all her gigs at Zuko about his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's like, no wonder she left. <laughs> She's great to play for you. I was like, no, she is. Oh, so like, There's no lie there, but like, savage. <laughs> I want to be her. I would say that one line from Uncle Iroh, though, is like the only positive thing I feel like in this whole episode. Oh, that was really weird. He was just like, creepy old man. This whole episode. Yeah, I that yeah. made me really upset. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like that trope of like, creepy old man. Needs to fucking die. Like, yeah. Like, the show is old. Like, yeah. So I feel like this isn't something you see as much anymore. But it's just like watching it now. I feel like even when I watched it then, I was like, you're being gross. Yeah. Like, she's like in her 20s, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, has to be in his 60s. We don't support this. Yeah, it was really gross. Yeah. No. Don't support. I feel like it was interesting, yeah, because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the only episode where there, I ever dislike Iroh. Yeah. <laughs> and he steals perfume, too. <laughs> yeah, he does. I was like, bro, you have enough money that you're going to, like, pay this girl in your own weight. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to, like, shove this oh perfume up your sleeve? Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. yeah. And even, like, at the beginning, even Zuko kind of, like, side-eyed yeah. him. And he's like, oh, I'm very yeah. impressed. And Zuko's it, like, like, it didn't have to be that way. gross. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind I, I mean I minded it but I was like more not okay with it either there's no words I like was yeah. tolerating it up until the very end of course the joke when June gets knocked out and Zuko gets knocked mm-hmm. out 
and then uncle pretends to so that june's lying over his body and then you know zuko yeah, zuko that's... calls him out and uncle like kind of like winks and shushes him and june obviously com- the com- the comedy there then is yeah. her reaction and i was like this is mm-hmm. fucking nasty yeah i did think one other funny thing was that when zuko got hit with the tongue he like didn't <laughs> react but then when june got hit he was like june no <laughs> oh yeah like uncle iroh what <laughs> but no yeah. like that that i think is what pushes it over the line yeah like yeah. him being kind of like leery at her also is gross it's like something that's so prevalent in a lot of shows yeah. like which one um like what's the guy okay. in dragon ball z master roshi yeah yeah and like i mean there's other examples but it's just such like a common thing yeah. that you kind of like do get your guard up a little mm-hmm. bit where you're like yeah. i don't want to be grossed out like on instinct yeah. by these people but i don't know mm-hmm. and like you know uncle iroh in the show flirts a lot with women his own age yeah, like, when he flirted yeah. with the fortune teller, like, I thought that was a funny moment, because, like, that is that yeah. kind of humor, like, if you're on the same, like, wavelength as somebody, and, like, that's why I really like when he, again, it wasn't really, yeah. like, flirting as much, like, when they had the joke about, like, the weight in gold, like, that was kind of, like, that kind of humor, and, like, oh, like, we're all, we, we get it, like, we get each other. I almost felt like, though, June was like, oh, Uncle Lazy, oh, like, your mm, weight, yeah. I was like, take a hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't mind that as much yeah. though because i feel like like iroh he's made jokes about his like belly before too yeah and then he made it weird but i i felt like she was being like all right creepy old man yeah i feel like she already totally. pegged him and she you know she was right to treat him like that because he was he was a creep i know yeah r.i.p 100 percent. it's been a good feelings run of love towards iroh oh yeah <laughs> let's just it's like i know i know he's a war criminal but like <laughs> I draw the line at this. But this is where I draw the line. Yeah. No, but I literally, I did write down, like, Iroh is a mess this episode. Yeah. Because yeah. it just, I don't know. It's, it started I feel like off it's the first time I felt, like, negative. Zuko was trying to meditate. He's like, you should really meditate, Zuko. And then he tries, and then he, like, mm-hmm. and then June comes in and, like, destroys the boat. <laughs> I was like, he really can't get to fucking break. Like, he can't. Immediately ends up with tea all over. Never meditate. <laughs> no. No. That was funny. And then I read in the art book, uh, just quickly to go back to June, she was modeled after the post-production supervisor on the show, a woman named Lisa Yang. Hell yeah. And her her Mm -hmm. sure shoe was named after her dog, Nyla. Sure shoe. Animal facts. Yay. The sure shoe is a large quadrupedal creature found in the southern Earth Kingdom where it lives underground. Its highly developed sense of smell and ability to paralyze a target make it well-suited for both tracking and hunting, respectively. It's cute. Is it like a, it's like a shrew, like a mole and like something else, like a badger? It's a, actually, no, I, I actually don't know what the, the blend is. The, the avatar actress says that, um, the Shershi was almost called a blood bark, which would have been a cross between a bloodhound and an aardvark. Interesting. Because its snout was definitely like a a mole or a shrew. Um, and I know there are poisonous, um, species of shrew. Yeah. And then the tongue, the tongue was very aardvarky. That's a big animal to be underground, but I guess that's also like badger moles. Yeah. Who yeah. live in the tunnels. Yeah. But they're also earthbenders, oh. but. Are you on the Avatar Wiki yeah, page? Yeah, giant anteater, a wolf, and a star-nosed mole. Cool. I can see it. Yeah, like, because it had stripes on its sides like a giant anteater. It's such a complex animal. I yeah. feel like this is, like, unnecessarily complex. Like, you had to throw the wolf in there? <laughs> like, that's so random to me. 
Yeah, that was a bit random. I guess it's to give it more of like, because if it's literally just an anteater and a mole, it's not going to be... Like vicious or ferocious? No, yeah. not like the way that it yeah. is. Like it needs the wolf or like the cool factor. The yeah. aggression? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, though. But like the fight that this is finally the fight yeah. we got to see Appa in action. Uh-huh. So cool. That was so, it was so cool. worth it. The whole fight scene was so good. I forgot there's that shot of like... You know, the, it's running at Aang, and then Aang's in the foreground, and it's running at him in the background, and then just out of, like, screen right, Appa just thunders in and just, like, butts it out of the way. So good. Yeah. What an entrance into, like, finally fighting. Because at this point, we've only seen Appa, he's, like, airbent a couple times. Yeah. But, like, actually, like, in the fight was really exciting. Yeah. Up to this point, he's mainly just been, like, animal friend and transportation. Yeah. And, like, I think he, he yeah. airbent, like like a cup like once or twice to deflect something and it was like very mm-hmm. passive fighting but this yeah. was like actively making choices Appa's yeah. ride or die and then like also Appa like almost stomped on June and almost like absolutely murdered her I was like he was trying to fucking kill her it was so cool <laughs> I was like Appa is yeah. not a pacifist the way Aang is <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're right although Aang Aang murdered Zuko for like the fifth time this episode I was like <laughs> How many times has Aang just killed Zuko? Zuko is my Yo, zombie so boy funny. who just like keeps getting up for some yeah, reason. If that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, <laughs> he held his own for a little bit, but then Aang literally just like flung him into the air. Yeah. I was yeah. like, as With the seconds well kept water. passing and Zuko kept not coming down, I was like, <laughs> my anxiety levels. <laughs> He's motivated. That fight mm-hmm. between the two of them was really, really good, though. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like we really got to see actual, like, forms and, like, the differences in, like, the bending styles. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm saying that partly because I know the last, like, several episodes we've had, most of the filler quotes and, like, side characters that we've been seeing have all been mostly non-benders or any of the bending mm-hmm. has been, like, not fighting. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So it was nice to see, like, an actual fight and like actual choreography and it was like really cool to see ang like kind of spinning around zuko and like avoiding him and then there was that really cool moment when they were both on the well and they had like that close combat kind of moment yeah um yeah and then there was another cool moment on the roof where like zuko was coming Mm -hmm. at ang and he had the fire on the side and then he kind of like swirled it in a way and then he kind of like blasted it up towards ang and then Mm -hmm. like a second later ang like copied the same shot or the same um well, it was the same, the same job, move. but he copied, yeah, the same move, and it's, like, Aang, yeah. like, kind of picking up stuff from different bending, and I feel like I definitely mm-hmm. felt a lot more, like, engaged in this fight, too, because I started watching Korra mm-hmm. on Netflix, and I'm starting just because if we if we do Korra in this podcast, we're not going to get to it for, like, a year, yeah. so, oh, yeah, so I'm going to watch Korra, because, like, I want to watch Korra now, and then I can, like, rewatch it later. Yeah. The main difference, of course, with Korra is, like, the fighting style in that show is a lot more boxing and MMA-inspired, and it's, like, quote, modern bending. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I just, like, I watch it, and it's still dynamic, and it's still fun, but, like, the fight style, it's just so much less purposeful, and I don't mean that even in, like, a, a dig at it, because they set it up that it is, like, this way. It's more practical. But I love the flourishy, the flashiness, and I love the storytelling inherent in the bending that is mm-hmm. in Avatar. Yeah. Also, as a note, this is, like, the first time that Aang and Zuko are interacting since the Blue Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't come up with any, you know, fancy thoughts about that. I just noted it. 
I thought it'd be cool if there was a moment where, like, they could kind of recognize each other's fighting style. Because, mm. like, they fought really, like, they immediately synced up during the Blue Spirit, and they fought really well together. Yeah. And, like, ad- adapted yeah. to each other really well. So I was almost like, fighting is kind of like a dance, especially these kind of martial arts. So it was like, oh, I wonder if, mm-hmm. like, if they fought long enough, would they be able to be like, oh, this feels familiar. Like, yeah. Huh. I mean, when they were on uh-huh. the well, my brain flashed briefly to that bench dance stuff, too. Mm. You know, just the, yeah. the choreography oh inherent in it, even though they were they were fighting yeah we don't talk about her (laughs) (laughs) i guess like for the listeners um in college we did this filipino traditional dance called sayao sabanko where you jump up and down in stack benches and you like put your life on the line for nothing um it's pretty hardcore like (laughs) but yeah especially if the people who made the benches didn't know how to make the exactly yes additional context we built the benches that we danced on um yeah so there was that the like prototype bench was horrible <laughs> yeah it was like just straight legs yeah. and immediately wanted to top yeah. it over but at the height of it we we had like three like three tiers of benches stacked up and people dancing on the top you jen you were on the yeah. top well okay i wasn't gonna say it <laughs> yeah i was the only idiot that was like this seems fun i want to do it <laughs> yeah and i was running the show so i felt like personally responsible for everybody's well-being and i was just like stressed out oh my God. the whole time like please oh don't God. die <laughs> we were soft okay year. how soft year. i say i remember my experience not for nothing yeah. my experience with like filipino culture and dancing was always like wow filipinos really know how to make dances that just want to injure people oh yeah because i previously learned um tinickling which is where you dance in between bamboo sticks before they clap on your ankles and then I remember some of us learned like a fire twirling dance with candles mm. and like it wasn't inherently yeah. dangerous but like twirling this candle underneath like your frilly dress like has its potential to like you know it's like a, a clumsy person would would be in danger yeah. and I was like I mean luckily we were using like yeah, candles yeah. with like batteries and- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, true yeah at any rate you know their fighting looked very much like a choreographed dance where they were moving in sync a lot and stuff yeah yeah um it's funny like the avatar extras they have like i guess this popped up during their fight scene and it was like showdowns between zuko and ang actually Mm. don't happen very often in the series Mm. this was done on purpose so that when they finally did meet it would be super awesome by the way super awesome this (laughs) is happening now like (laughs) i roll (laughs) yeah i know but um well i mean yeah (laughs) <laughs> but I can get why they would try to make that be a little bit um, Yeah, I appreciate sparse. that. Yeah. Then it gets old, you know? Yeah. yeah. It makes the fight scenes have a little bit more weight to yeah. them. Because if it's just constant action all the time, you just kind of get, like, fatigued. And you're like, eh, more fighting. I was saying it before. It wasn't even a complaint that, like, in general, there aren't as many fights with vendors. And I feel like mm-hmm. that makes sense for, like, a production mm-hmm. schedule um and like budget and whatnot so it's it's cool that like they limit them on top of that limit the fights with these two it's so exciting anytime like a bending fight happens in this show because it's like you know that they go all out in terms of like the research and the choreography and the animation and Mm -hmm. the effects and it's like it's always like just like an amazing piece of filmmaking yeah yeah it was interesting how they had to um i guess moving away from the fight scene and like leading towards the, the resolution of the episode I, I feel like the, the dumping of the perfume should not have, like, deeply impacted Nyla as much as it did. Because mm-hmm. um, mm. I think, like, it tracks 
human sense, right? Or like living being sense. So the fact that the perfume kind of fucked her up is like weird to me, but I guess they had to do something. I think it's just that it coated everything with all those scents. So like everything in the immediate area mm. just kind of like smelled. Yeah, like it kind of masked mm. all the human scents as well. I guess I confused it, it covered the, everybody. the visual representation of the scent. I guess it was just that for the audience to know that she can identify it but in, I, I mm. um, kind of interpreted that like she sees the color of it and I feel like the perfume wouldn't impact that but yeah yeah I feel like the the seeing thing I think was probably just like a quick shorthand okay. for like the audience watching because I, I I assumed I think they said it I think she was blind mm. um no eyes yeah. I don't okay. think yeah so I assume okay. that was more for like the viewers getting it that makes sense um yeah the Avatar extras said that Sokka would likely have green Dude. as his color. Because we saw Katara I'm was just purple like, and Aang was blue. The Avatar extras was not doing it for me this episode. The writing no. definitely changed. <laughs> I know. I'm just... It's like, go on BuzzFeed. <laughs> what Avatar scent color are you? <laughs> Another Avatar extra. A Shushu's paralyzing tongue can stretch more than 30 feet. Ew. Okay, that was yeah. underutilized. They shouldn't say something like that and then not use it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you saw. I mean, thirty, 30 feet Maybe. is a really long. That, that I feel like that would. I'm not blaming you. I know I'm coming after you like it's your fucking fault. I know, I'm like, I love it. I do. <laughs> like, I'm really aggressive with Stephanie over the video chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just reading some things Don't off my phone. I literally like Stephanie. The entire choreography of the entire fight would have been different if it had that kind of a long range attack. <laughs> redo it 70 listen leave me alone <laughs> oh no hold on i just thought of this because uh it was in the avatar extras after like june and zuko they like slam into the abbey the first time when they come back in the second time you can see that they had like fixed the door yeah oh. and then they broke it again because there was an avatar extra that said the nuns just fixed that door damn that's why I thought of it. Sorry. I noticed it and I felt really bad. <laughs> the destruction. Like, oh, like, yeah. Nuns are like poor already. Like, <laughs> you know, like they obviously like they have their side hustle or like not even side hustle. Like, they make most of their main income, I assume, from the ointments and perfumes and stuff. And yeah. dude, they spilled all that shit. I was like, do you know how fucking yeah, long it takes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you going to pay them for the damages? No, you're not. <laughs> Yeah, I felt really bad. They don't have money. <laughs> Team Avatar has no money. Oh, maybe they'll, like, extort <laughs> Zuko and Uncle Iroh yeah, for it later. Send an invoice, like, for all the damages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Abbey got, they like, really messed did. up. Yeah. Going into this episode to watch it for, for this recording, I was kind of, like, not excited about mm. it. Because all I really remembered was like Sokka's boat test which like I'm not trying to knock at Sokka mm -hmm. but it was like I couldn't remember what else happened like I forgot this was the episode with yeah. June and the Sershu and of course I like didn't clock how impressive I would find like the fight and everything right um yeah but it's like the I kind of was like oh Bato is like not a really big part of this episode at all to have it there yeah after I mean I assume that it's more because <laughs> yeah that's kind of true it's the of the water tribe part that's more important and it's because this is this is sort of like yes. Sokka backstory yeah. episode a little bit. Yeah. I feel bad. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like so much happens in this episode. And like one of the big like emotional like arcs in the story of this episode is like Sokka learning about his backstory and him taking this like coming yeah. of age test and passing it. And that's like a blip in this episode. Yeah. So I kind of like I that's felt true. bad, but I was like, oh, like I totally didn't realize these were the same 
episode because it was like two totally different big things that happened yeah like the other when we were doing the blue spirit and you're like oh it's annoying that we don't see this again because the design is so cool and i was like oh well we see the herbalist and miyuki we see them again because i was thinking of this episode but for a minute i was like i know it's the episode with june but which episode Mm -hmm. is the episode with june like i couldn't connect them in my brain until i remembered about Mm-hmm. the abby fight and then i was like oh yeah the perfume that's the episode with Bob. yeah i did not but, like, make that connection yeah i feel like like to its credit like i'm not even saying it in a bad way it's like it's just so i forget how much they can fit into like a 22 minute yeah. story yeah. sometimes like it's so impressive like how much yeah. they got through and like i don't mm-hmm. i don't feel like they shortchanged Sokka's moment or anything it just was like amazing that like this like crazy like boat dodging like whatever test wasn't like the most exciting thing in the episode that there was like so many like cool like moments of action and whatnot in this right that's a good yeah. observation that's true and it was really cool too how of course like the he passed the boat test and then like above and beyond that mm-hmm. then it's like to like further show how much he's excelled like he then is able to like take charge beyond that and like is mm-hmm. able to strategize and use Aang and Katara's like specific abilities to like further help them and stuff so I feel like that was that was like a really nice moment because I feel like we always like tease at him and I feel like that's partly the show's fault he's like Mm -hmm. simultaneously we've talked about this like the the strategist as well Mm -hmm. as kind of the like punching bag like in a lot of moments so it's always nice to see the pure yeah moments intelligent moments with him yeah it's nice when the show lets him shine they do a good balance of it he gets made fun of in this episode as well like his bad sense of humor (laughs) (laughs) just can't catch a break that kid but he does also have these really weird innate (laughs) tracking skills that let him know how the fight happened and then the ice dodging it was his idea to use the perfume and even beyond all that more present moment action stuff like the flashbacks and everything with him i was like oh look at this little emotional journey here Mm -hmm. where i loved that moment when he decides like no we got to go back right because he flashes back to being like a 13 year old watching all of his family sail away and leave him behind and all putting all the weight on his lonely little kid's shoulders and then he's like i don't want to repeat that with ang like i don't want to be the person leaving ang behind as a 12 year old to face all this alone you know and he they and they even had that nice little call back Mm -hmm. to the line where when Hakoda left, he was like, being a man means knowing where you're needed the most. And then he's like, helping Aang is where we're needed the most right now. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. daddy issues. <laughs> Sokka's like, I don't want to repeat. <laughs> I don't want to be the father who abandons <laughs> children. <laughs> That's interesting. I feel like when you were talking that through, I, fe- oh I think at the time I was interpreting it as, you know, my tribe left and if if we don't help ang save the world then all of that would be for nothing you know yeah because then it's like he knows his his place in this to help yeah to help in the war like maybe there's a reason why i stayed behind it was to like you know kind of that that fate of helping ang achieve world peace so maybe that was also part of it too it could be anything we don't know for sure but i think that's how i read it yeah I like both of those together. They work. They both yeah. like yeah. exist at the same time. Totally. Yeah. Why not both? Because yeah. it's like not for nothing. If Sokka had stayed behind, or even if Sokka had been old enough to go with mm-hmm. 
and he did go, like, he wouldn't have developed into the strategist that he mm -hmm. is becoming mm -hmm. and, like, already is mm -hmm. either. Like, if he had just, if, yeah. frankly, if, you know, if he had just mm -hmm. had to, like, fall in line as part of a fleet or something versus, mm -hmm. like, his yeah. decisions carry so much more weight. Yeah, really proud Good of job, him. Saka. I wish that there was a little bit more at the end with Sokka, you know. Yeah. He did the official ceremony. I think that that means a lot and that was not really acknowledged anymore. It was kind of just like Katara kissing Aang like great. <laughs> and not talking about it at all. Like I got you yeah. the necklace like <laughs> That's true. Like the emotional yeah. like end of the like button on the episode yeah. really should have been like focused on Sokka. Mm. And like I feel like that would have been nice too if there was like an acknowledgement of like you do deserve to be part of our tribe. Yeah. Like they do acknowledge like you're our family too, which is really nice and important. Right. But like yeah, like going back to that that moment of like that that big mm -hmm. like cultural milestone for for him. Also, could Abba mm -hmm. still have flown? I thought he couldn't fly for a little bit, but it's fine. They like maybe they made him sniff something. And <laughs> it seems like it, it, it took a while him. for the some poison yeah. to really affect Appa, mm. I assumed because he was so big and mm. large. Yeah, that's true. They had to hit him a couple times. Actually, that made me think about how funny it must have been after, yeah, they woke up Katara and Sokka's bodies with the perfume. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, did they just like leave Iroh and like, did they just leave like them there and like with the nuns? Maybe. Like, what, did they drag their bodies oh. like to like the middle of like the fort? <laughs> like what was like the scene immediately after? I assume... I kind of was like, they probably just left them, and the nuns were probably like, get the fuck out the second that they we'll were able to pay for our doors yeah. first, and our walls, and our ceilings. It's like, why bother with yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. Pay pay for the damage. Yeah. And like, 30 <laughs> tons of spilled perfume. Yeah. I think um, June calls it he okay. at one yeah. point. Yeah. I know. I'm like, the name- Nyla. Nyla. And then I also, I just, I, I have like a bad habit- of wanting to gender anything that I don't know as, like, female. Mm. I mean, that's, like, way to like, go against the norm. I feel like normally everything I guess. to male. But I think it's because I'm a woman. Yeah. So that I'm always, like, she, she, yeah. she, she, she. Inanimate objects. Yeah. I mean, I feel anything. like if I did meet yeah. a dog named Nyla, I would assume it was a girl. Yeah. Because I do um, think we think, like, ends in an A equals yeah. girl yeah. name. But, um... Uh, he was Sorry, Sako yeah. again in this episode, so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah. Netflix! I, I just want to, I just want to complain. Netflix, I need you to Did pay you see me how they so that I can go through your shitty ass avatar uh, subtitles. X-I-E. Yes, they spelled Shershu yeah. wrong. It was like X-I-E-R-X-U. Yeah, it's not, that is incorrect. Shershu. Sokka was S-A-K-K-O at one point. Sako. And then their father's name is Hakoda. Yeah. But they wrote wow. Kota. Uh, I don't like know what you're talking about, Stephanie. That's just Bato's cute little yeah, pet name like, for him. Um... <laughs> <laughs> don't even. Uh... I know. I'm like, I just want to like go through and fix because there's been a bunch of stuff where like Sokka's <laughs> name was spelled wrong in another episode. They wrote like Yip Yap instead of Yip Yip in the first episode. <laughs> I do. I'm surprised. You guys all watch it with subtitles? Yeah. Oh. I do because um we just have my mom can't hear oh, well, okay. so we have we have subtitles on for like everything and then I've gotten so used to it I just always have them yeah. on. And now I especially just want to watch because <laughs> like, I'm, like this. <laughs> yeah, cuz they 
They messed up so much. Mm. I don't understand. There have been other things that I'm like, I think that was spelled I, I only happened to watch the episode with Stephanie at one point, so we had subtitles then. So that's why that's why I knew. Yeah. Honestly, we were watching the episode and when his, it said Sako, we both started laughing so hard. We had to like pause the episode. Oh my gosh. Because I think I also had just commented like, oh, they spelled Shershu wrong. Like, what's up with that? And then five seconds later, it was like Dude, Sako. Geez. I mean, in defense <laughs> of this show, it's not a, just an Avatar thing. Like subtitles in Netflix are really messed up in, across like oh, different shows. Yeah, so. they are. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I say because we we have we turn subtitles on obviously like when we watch a foreign film, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but also Miko has a hard time understanding British accents or like Irish mm-hmm. like anything in that vein. Um, so yeah. we'll turn them on for that. But I've never yeah. noticed. I've noticed because we have subtitles on for everything. Yeah. So every once in a while, I'm like, that's not mm. correct. Or sometimes it's just like completely not what oh the yeah said. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I'm like, I want money so that I can just like watch things and fix <laughs> yeah. them. Pay me Netflix. Honestly, Netflix. <laughs> Netflix if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening to me. Netflix, we know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> One, hire Stephanie. Two, why yeah. haven't you rated us a five star <laughs> yet? What are you what are you doing? We're helping you out. We're making you better. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, constructive criticism exactly. is mm-hmm. necessary. We're here yes. to help. Man. Anything else about this episode before we move into closing questions? I'm good. There was only one mo moment, and that was like him eating the prunes and then immediately like <laughs> spitting it out and hating it, and then like yeah. attacking the bowl. <laughs> That's pretty. Funny. It's just like cute, just cute little mo moment. That's like when dogs eat a lemon or something; they like freak out. <laughs> yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> cool. All right, so our Zuko honor count still remains at four. The word honor was mm-hmm. mentioned, but Aang said it was an honor to be here, and then Bato mm-hmm. said he's an honorable member of the Water Tribe. But in terms of Zuko yeah. saying it, he did not. So we're still at four. Nope. Moving into MVPs. Uh, MVP for me is June. She's a badass lady, and we need more badass ladies who aren't toxic. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we can take what we can get. So she's an MVP yeah. for me. Um it's okay if they're sure she was yes. toxic, though. Literally, there's the man talking. <laughs> Secondary MVP is the man coughing. <laughs> what about you guys? My mine was Saka just because of everything we already talked about. Yeah, me too. Mine was also June. Nice, June and Saka. You know, oh, nice. she, was, she was so badass. They like, deserve it. I ship it. No, I'm kidding. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like a hard no. He's too old for him. I was like, no, that's like, I really, that was a joke, guys. That was a joke. <laughs> you say it's a joke now and be like, wait, guys, three weeks later. June and Sokka. Did y'all think about that? <laughs> I've been thinking about it. And... <laughs> it's really grown on me. <laughs> what would this ship name be? Like, <laughs> no, Juka? we're not going there. Okay. Juka. Junka. Junka. Sakun. <laughs> no. I think it'd be Junka. Even the the, the name the struggle with the name is enough of a red flag. <laughs> That's never stopped anyone before. Oh my god. Wait. Oh June god. and Zuko though? Alright. Wait. <laughs> kind of into it. That'd be cute. 
Yeah. Junko. Junko. They're <laughs> Literally a name. <laughs> well, because, I mean, Jinko is a thing. Yeah. Jin. I mean, oh, R-I-P. that's season two. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Jinko. Oh, yeah. I got confused for a second because Miko and mine's smush name is Jenko, and I thought you were talking about us. I was like, leave me out of this. <laughs> Any favorite moments that we didn't talk about already? Like, I've got man coughing, the bar scene, that entire bar scene was so iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine was just like every line June said. We, yeah. uh, we already quoted every single line that June said. <laughs> Um, on top of the step aside filth, <laughs> I just liked when um, Sokka was like, oh, we split up from Aang, and Tuko's like, how stupid do you think I am? And Sokka's like, pretty stupid. Yeah, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> so iconic. Like, drag him. We, um. we did talk about it briefly, but my favorite moment was how during the ice dodging test, that moment when Sokka used Katara and Aang's bending to continue because like not just because mm-hmm. it was like cool and he blew the test out of the water even after Bata was already like all right you already passed but Sokka has always kind of been the most mm-hmm. outwardly skeptical about bending as just like a simple solution to things and I appreciated this because hmm, I'm not sure if I can articulate yeah. this right like I mean, in terms of using it as a simple solution, Sokka is not the guy who's just like, he's not just like, oh, bend us out of here. Like, he specifically commands how they should use the bending in order to get them out. He wouldn't be that guy who's just like, oh, well, you know, you just wave the wand and the magic happens. He's like, I need to know how. Yeah. Which is something I like about Sokka as a character. But, I mean, I guess just because he knows what tools he has available to him. Yeah. And he uses them in the best way that he can. And uh, I just, yeah. I really liked that, both from what it says about Sokka as a, as a resourceful person, but also from the feeling I got from seeing him just wholeheartedly accept their bending in that way, instead of being mm-hmm. like, well, that's your bending shit, but this is my mm-hmm. ice dodging, that he, it was very harmonious somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not be like prideful about it or something. Yeah, that's such a good point. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. I know. I oh, loved Sokka, Sokka so much. Good job. Um, it's just that... And yet you still pick June as your MVP. I don't know. Cool. I mean, it's true. Like, Sokka, all, all, a lot of all my favorite a lot of my favorite moments in this were Sokka. That and the thing I said before about oh, him June. and his flashbacks and stuff. But... June. That's just... June. That's just the Period. Period. June was so cool. And yeah. we don't get that many opportunities to have June as our MVP, okay? We... Sokka, Sokka can be my MVP, yeah, like... Very true. 45 out of the 50 episodes. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great episode, yes. guys. Mm-hmm. Well then, this has been Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Join us next week when we will discuss book one, episode 16, The Deserter. If you haven't already, please leave a rating and subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you again soon. Bye. <laughs>